This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome back to another episode of Get Started Investing, a podcast where we attempt to answer the most common money and investing questions from the community. If you're joining us for the very first time, welcome. We do strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. Now, my name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this second episode of our Under the Hood series. Mm. We're building the skills of analyzing ETFs Mm -hmm. because they've been a great investment innovation. They've Mm -hmm. made this whole world more accessible and cheaper but there's a lot of them out there these days there are and as individual investors we're trying to build the skills to analyze an etf to know what it's doing and how it's doing it so we can then take those skills and analyze the hundreds of choices that we have sift through the what feels like ever increasing options out there Mm. every day Data shares are releasing a new ETF. You guys keep asking for new ones on the show. You guys have been the most guilty of them. Oh, you? Well, be careful what you wish for. We've got plenty more ideas. Yeah, now, yeah, while yeah. we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal circumstances. All information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice. And it is our pleasure to welcome back from Beta Shares to continue with the series, Tom Wickenden who is an investment strategist. Tom, welcome. Thanks, Bryce. Great to be back. So BetaShares are supporting this uh, four-part series of Under the Hood. Uh, BetaShares are a leading Australian ETF manager with more than $27 billion under management and the broadest range of ETFs on the market. They've been helping Australians build their wealth now for over a decade. In this four-part series, we're looking at four ETFs that make up BetaShares' core fund range. Uh, And the reason that building a core portfolio is so important is it helps you weather market uncertainty. It's the key to building long-term wealth. And these days with ETFs, you can do it simply and cost-effectively and get access to a range of asset classes all around the world. So last episode, we spoke about A200, the Australian 200 shares ETF. In this episode, we're talking about the BetaShares Global Shares ETF. Uh, And then in the following two episodes, we're going to be talking about the NASDAQ 100 and then the BetaShares Diversified Growth ETF. Yeah, wow. A lot of ETFs. What a range. Just keeps getting better. I'm excited to get out of Australia and into the global stock Mm -hmm. market. Tom, last time you told us that uh, Australia is just 2% of the global stock market. So now we're getting into the big bad world of the 98. The other 98, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the BetaShares Global Shares ETF, the ticker on the ASX is BGBL. Love it. 
Love it. Now, uh, a quick reminder, if you missed out last episode, Beta Shares are giving away merch packs full of core essentials like umbrellas, gym towels, and water bottles. Our producer, Sasha, who's sitting right next to me, loves a bit of merch. <laughs> uh, for the first 20 listeners, if you head to betashares.com.au slash equitymates, they'll um, send out a merch pack for the first 20. So head to betashares.com.au slash equitymates. Now, Tom, let's start with the ETF name. Help us unpack the BetaShares Global Shares ETF. Yeah, just What's like name? just like the Australia 200 with these core ETFs, keep it fairly simple. Don't keep anyone guessing. So with the name Global Shares ETF, you're really looking at a well-diversified portfolio of, of global shares. Um, point to understand, it's not completely global. So we do exclude Australia from that. You know, we know a lot of Australian investors are already holding Australian shares or RA200 fund, for example. So no need to double up there. And it's also developed developed market equities. So we don't have emerging market in this one as well. So I think that is a classic example of why we do need to go under the, under the hood when we're looking at ETFs, because there are always intricacies uh, with ETFs. And as we always say, the best resource when you want to go under the hood is an ETF issuer's website. The level of transparency that you get with an ETF is just orders of magnitude more than your traditional managed fund. And so we can go to the BetaShares website for this ETF and we can answer the five key questions we're always trying to answer when we go under the hood. First of all, what it's trying to do, the purpose of the ETF. Secondly, how it aims to achieve that purpose with what index it tracks. Thirdly, what we're paying uh, the fees. Fourthly, how's it gone? What's been the performance of this ETF? And then finally, what is in it? What does it hold? So let's do that. Let's go to the BetaShares website and let's start with the purpose. What's this ETF trying to do? It's trying to be that core global exposure in your portfolio. So with these type of exposures, one of the key focuses is fee. So for this, we're going for a really ultra low cost fee of 0.08% per annum. That is, I guess, twice as much as our A200, but still still only $8, maybe 10,000 yeah, invested, so we you, can't... If you anchor to A200, <laughs> yeah, everything all looks expensive. expensive. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, exactly right. So it, as far as global ETFs go in Australia, this is, this is the cheapest. So just like A200 is the cheapest Australia, this is your cheapest global exposure. And you really just want this to be an anchor in your global portfolio. You know, you've got exposure to 1,500 different equities from 20 different countries in this portfolio. So it's, it's just crazy amounts of diversification you really couldn't get before there were ETF or index funds around. Mm, good, That's a good point. Imagine having 1,500 individual stocks. Uh, imagine the brokerage. In the, port- you uh, the brokerage would be <laughs> unbelievable. So just to clarify, it's ex-Australia, no Australian companies in this and 1,500 companies from developed markets. So it actually fits quite nicely. If you're holding A200, mm-hmm. you're not going to get any Australian overlap. It's almost like they designed it that yeah, way. Yeah, which one, which one came first? A200 was, was first. This is actually um this is our newest etf bgbl to, to your guys point of having having too many but there's still gaps. newest etf by the time this podcast comes out there'll be four yeah, more in market that's uh, a good point it's a good point but yeah it's, a, it's an interesting point because there still are despite how many etfs are out there there still are you know we think gaps in the market so be able to bring this out you know it's such a low cost for investors still should you know fit into a lot of investors portfolios so the purpose is broad-based exposure to global companies. What index is it then tracking and how do they determine what those 1,500 companies are? Yeah, good question. So it's a selective index, uh, selective GBS, Developed Market, X Australia, Large and Mid-Cap Index. 
jargon, jargon, to get all jargon. in one breath. Yeah, look, <laughs> essentially what, what you need to know is the index looks at developed world countries, ex-Australia, and it takes the largest 85% of equity market cap in those countries and puts them in the portfolio. Um, so you're getting really good diversification amongst large and mid-cap stocks from those countries. Um, and as we mentioned, ex-Australia ex and doesn't include emerging market as well. Now, you might be asking uh, what uh, are those developed markets? The good news is as we go through into the top holdings, we can answer that question. That's why we go under the hood and it's all on the ETF issuer's website. But before we get there, we've covered purpose. We've covered the index attracts. And you mentioned fees, but that is the third question. How much is it costing us to get access to this opportunity? 0.08% per annum yep. or $8 for every 10,000 invested. Exactly right, yeah. So if you, if you think if you use BGBL with the fund we talked about last, last episode A200 and, and blended those together, you could have a you know, portfolio that consists of pretty much the entire market cap of the developed world for for 0.06% per annum for $6 which is about the cost of a coffee now in Sydney maybe even cheaper yeah let's not talk about the cost of coffee (laughs) and if someone's listening for the first time this is the very first episode they've tuned into just to confirm with fees on ETFs it's we're not paying out $8 per year to beta shares out of our account that fee is incorporated in the unit price of the ETF you don't get an invoice. You don't get exactly an invoice right. from yeah. BetaShares. We, we get those calls quite a bit, actually. We've really? Got a, really? We've got a retail line that anyone can call up and ask, ask questions what's the about. Number? Yeah, what's the number? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the number. Uh, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, um, do you have to ever man that line? What's that? It's Tom's do have, mobile. Do you ever have to man the line? <laughs> so when, when you actually start at BetaShares, that's that's your training. Your training. Oh. So sorry, you, you first do like four months of fund training, since so you've got 81 funds now, and then... You actually start on the retail line because it's a pretty, pretty big you proving the ground. Customer. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, three, nice. One three hundred four eight seven five double seven. That's it. I, I used to know it off by heart, but it's been a few years since I had to since yeah, I had yeah, to be yeah. on there. Luckily, you, you were saying that um, people often call us. Yeah, ask, ask, exactly. What, they're right. calling saying, "I want to pay my fees." Well, they're just they're really worried. They've, they've been invested for six months, and they go, "Guys, I haven't uh, paid you anything yet. Yeah, yeah. ETF's going great, but when, when does the, when's the bill coming? Go, don't worry, it's it's take, it's for account. It's, 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 it's like all accounted for. Yeah. So yeah. yes, you won't receive an invoice. It is included in. It's all uh, accounted for in the in the mm. unit price of the Yeah, ETF. the thing is with yeah. these ETFs, like with BGBL, um, the fee's so low that you really don't notice it coming out of the value of the fund. Uh, but if you had, if, let's say, a, a really high fee, you might actually notice a little bit coming out um, mm. over the course of the year. Well, let's talk about that noticing it coming out of the fund because if we turn to the performance of BGBL, something caught my eye. And uh, we've done, we've, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a number of years now. And uh, one thing that you often see when you go under the hood of ETFs is you look at an issuer's website and you'll see how the index has performed Mm -hmm. and then you'll see how the ETF has performed. And what you would expect to normally see is the ETF has done a couple of um, uh, basis points worse. So, you know, maybe like 0.05% worse than the index because there is a fee being taken out. Yeah. Not the case with BGBL. BGBL here has actually outperformed its index. Yeah, it's a great. Does that make sense? I think it's a great question for this for this series because this is quite getting quite under the hood. Mm. Without getting too technical, there are two parts to this. So the first part is the index performance um, that we're looking at there. So as you mentioned, the index for this fund over well, since inception has returned four point two one percent, and the funds have returned four point two eight, so slightly higher. 
The reason being is the index that this fund tracks, and this is same the same as all the indices we know, they're net total return indices. What that means is they're calculating the total return of the underlying equities, net of withholding tax from the underlying company dividends. But then when you think about it at the fund level, we also have to account for withholding tax, but we have some treaties with some large countries. So for instance, the US, they have a 30% withholding tax on dividends. That's what the index calculates, but the fund itself is actually getting a 15% rebate on that. So it's a bit bit technical, but what the bottom line is, since the fee is so low on B-Global, it takes out not too much the performance and this benefit compared to the index of withholding tax actually means you can outperform your, your index. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So what we Good want look. is Albo to go out there and forge more tax treaties for <laughs> And then all ETS will be outperforming there yeah, if, okay. if the fees are low enough. If yeah, the fees right. are low enough, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. And so you mentioned there the performance. It's only been in market, what, for a few months? A couple of months? That's correct, yeah. A yeah, couple yeah, of months yeah. as, as of time of recording. The, the index has done back testing for, for quite a while. So if you look back 10 years, you're looking at 13% per annum over the past 10 years. So fairly strong, fairly strong performance. Yeah, great. So let's get to top holdings. Love it. Love it. Well, we've spoken about giving uh, access to a broad range of developed markets. So, Tom, take us through which countries make up the ETF. Mm-hmm. As you might expect, um, the US has the hardest, largest weighting. Um, actually, I took a look um, just yesterday at this. So, it has changed over time. If we looked 10 years ago at this index, you would have been closer to 50% weight to the US market. Um, it's just over the past 10 years, that real you know, US large cap tech growth has really pushed all global indices towards US weighting. So your largest weighting is towards the US, but you've also got good weightings towards countries like Japan, the UK, Canada and France. If you think about it intuitively, you've just got to think about what are the largest equity markets in the world? Those will have the largest weightings in this portfolio. It's just a market cap weighted portfolio. So to be clear, about 70% of the portfolio is weighted towards US listed stocks. Uh, And then Japan is the second largest at about 7%. And then, as you said, Britain, Canada, France close out um, sort of the next largest at around 3%. 3%. So, yeah. 3% um, each. 3% yeah. each, yeah. So you do get a, a lot of a fair few of the European countries, um, but no surprises that the US, given the size of some of the companies yeah. over there, yeah. uh, probably the seven largest, yeah. uh, make up a lot of that, that index. Exactly. I think I think now like the, the global market cap of equities is around 60 or 70 trillion. And as, as I'm sure you guys are aware, Apple just crossed three trillion. Yeah. It just shows the scale of some of those those US companies. Yeah, it's yeah, it's huge. That's now that's a big story. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the country allocation. We can also look to sector allocation. And if we refresh ourselves from what we saw in the Australian ETF, it was about 28 percent financials, so mainly banks, and then uh, 24% materials. So, And that's like the mining stocks mainly. Yeah. So between those two sectors, over 50% of the Australian ETF was covered. The good news is for people that want to get outside banks and miners, the global ETF offers a little bit of a different value proposition. Um, financials are just 14%. And materials, just 4%. Exactly right. So what sectors are in this um, ETF? Yeah, so the, the, the top 
top sector is tech, which is around 20-odd percent, goes hand-in-hand with those, that US weighting. Mm. Um, You've also got good exposure to consumer discretionary, industrials. What's really important, and this goes back to when we spoke about the Australia 200 ETF last episode, is for investors with, you know, portfolios heavily weighted towards Australia, which which a lot of Australian investors do have. When we look globally, we don't want to diversify at a country level into the US or Japan or France. We also want to diversify at a sector level. And what's good about the the global market cap outside of Australia is it naturally tends to do so um, with with the heaviest sectors in in something like BGBL. Yeah. So let's get to the companies. Let's do it. No, uh, if if we told you that the ETF was most weighted to the United States and most weighted to information technology, there's no prizes for guessing what the top ten is. Um, but tell tell us the names. Yeah, it's it's your it's your it's your big US tech names. Your Apples, your Microsoft, your Amazons. Um, what's good here though? They're not as heavily weighted as you might see in something like a you know a US portfolio or US exposure. A lot of investors do tend to use. Um, you know, they've got their Australian portfolio, but we'll just tend to use the S&P 500 or the, or the NASDAQ 100 as their global exposure by itself. Um, what's really good about something like BGBL, our, our global shares ETF, is yes, you are getting a large weight towards those US companies naturally, but you're also getting pretty decent weights to, to other countries and other companies as well. So something like uh, United Health Group's in the top top 10 there. I was going to say, of the 10 companies, we, we would have probably been able to... I would have been able to name nine. Mm-hmm. United Health, I wouldn't have put in there. I would have. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. It's, in the, it's, it is like, it's in the top 10 for the S&P as well. I, yeah, I only look at the top nine, I think. <laughs> so I think the really important thing to stress here is because people might be wondering, why would I buy BGBL when I could just buy US ETF? But the really important thing for investors to keep in mind is that it's very rare for one country to go back to back in terms of decades of dominance. So the 2010s was America's decade and there was daylight second. And that was because the big tech names uh, just were so powerful. But if you look back over the sort of last 120 years of investing history, I think there's only one or two times where a country has had two decades where they've been the best performers back to back. Australia, we've flown the flag, I think, in one or two decades in that 120-year uh, period. But, you know, it changes at times. The UK has outperformed. At times, Japan has outperformed. At times, the US has outperformed. At times, you know, uh, Sweden has been a great performer. I'm sure they've been top of the charts at different times. And so... You know, the US dominates this index now, but as, you know, different countries' fortunes change over time, the index composition changes to account for that. And so I think that's important to remind yourself. Yeah, exactly right. Who are you backing for the the next decade? Well, we've been talking a lot about mainland Europe. You know, they've got leads in green tech and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, But I don't know. Well, since the bottom of the COVID crash... Mm-hmm. Japan has actually the Nikkei two two five has actually outperformed the S and P five hundred. Yeah, so it's a, a good good in not an indicator of what's to come, but exactly to your point, like everyone has been chit chatting about uh, what's going on over in the US, yeah. but Japan Japan's had a pretty good run over the last few years. The yeah, U- the UK's um, been in a real slump for a while. Like, can they India, do something to turn it around? Be in this ETF. Yeah, Bryce. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Australia. Like it's, it's Australia's turn. I think Australia. We'll get back. <laughs> I think the beauty of building a strong core portfolio is it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You just don't have to make that call. And yeah. the thing I love about investing is all the decisions you don't have to make. Yeah, you can just automate 
dollar cost average into a core portfolio and then get on with your life. Exactly right. And with something like BGBL, as you mentioned, whichever country does outperform or whatever companies do, they'll just grow and weight in the portfolio and you'll benefit from that growth. Yeah. So speaking of how this fits into a, a portfolio, you know, it, it gives you instant exposure to 1,500 companies across 20, over 20 developed markets in, in a single ASX trade. And, and more importantly, as we discussed, if you're thinking about Australia as well, it um, you know, complements the A200 that we spoke about in the last episode, as this one holds no Australian shares, while the A200 is only Australian shares. So if you want to be able to, I guess, choose your split between Australian exposure and uh, global exposure, the two ETFs actually work quite well in terms of uh, allowing you to invest more in one than the other and, and control that sort of split between the two. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, a lot of Australian investors, be it in the A200 ETF or direct portfolio holdings for historically, already have a lot of those Australian stocks in their, in their portfolio. So it's just that easy ETF you can buy for your, your well-diversified international exposure to help go alongside those Australian stocks. Love it. Well, uh, a reminder, management fee on this is only 0.08% or $8 for every 10,000. And that's on uh, to go alongside the ultra low cost A200, which was $4 for every 10,000 that you invest. So a massive thanks to BetaShares for um, supporting this episode. And Tom, again, a massive thank you. Uh, still haven't brought us in any of the merch packs that you've given away. <laughs> so if you would like a merch pack or would like to learn how to build wealth with the BetaShares core funds range, head to betashares.com dot au slash equity mates you have to go to that link if you would like to go in the running to win a core essentials merch pack umbrellas gym towels apparently the umbrellas are top class as well and uh we wouldn't know we have we, we wouldn't know we don't have one i was gonna say i'll bring you bring you a pack next time rem but you're both in the bad books now <laughs> <laughs> interesting well sasha's still here she can get one can um get one. it's for the first 20 listeners who sign up for this episode and we'll also um put the link on our socials and that's 20 listeners per episode so plenty of merch to go around and uh yeah tom been a pleasure we'll pick it up next episode where we're going under the hood of the nasdaq ndq betashares capital limited is the issuer of betashares etfs read the pds and target market determination at www.betashares.com.au and consider if the fund is right for you investing involves risk you have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.